0: Hello family and welcome back to the Explore the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Betty Guadagno and today I'm joined by Kathy. And Kathy has an amazing experience. She's an author. She, I, I really want to pass it right over to her. She's got some experiences with ETs and I think this is such a a needed conversation to have in the spiritual realm, especially now that more of this information is coming out into our collective. It's really important, I think, for us to share about our personal experiences with this. And so I'm so excited that you're for your willingness to serve the community at Iams. and I'm gonna toss it right over to you to share about your experience.
1: Thank you, Betty. Thank you very much. Um, the first thing I wanna say is that we all have this unlimited potential Uh, in this world to uh, have love and empowerment and healing. And um, sometimes there's a catalyst and it could be a number of things. It could be a near-death experience. It could be extraterrestrials or it could be just an accident um, or death of a loved one, um, a teacher, or even a motivational book. So mine happened to be through extraterrestrials. And the experience was life-changing for me. And what ensued was an acceleration of my spiritual journey. And and the ability to tap into expanded consciousness and healing to serve others. So I'll back up a little bit and start when I was five years old. Um, We moved to a new house and um, this spirit came to me and he told me his name was Teddy. And um, he said he talked to me about a fire in the house and I got really, really nervous. And and but he smiled and said, you're okay. And and so when I woke up the next day, I said, Mommy, Daddy, this man, Teddy, came to me. He used to own the house. And he said that there was a big there's a big fire and all this stuff. And they said, it's just a nightmare. It's nothing. It's a new house. Don't worry about it. And then when I was 16 and my brother was renovating upstairs because it was a two family. He took down the walls and there was a huge fire because all the cinder blocks were burned. And so that's when my validation happened that, wow, this really did happen because I learned later on in the spirit world, there is no past, present, or future. And so I really didn't know what he was talking about. So that's when it started. And then not much happened for a bunch of years. And then When I was married the first time, um, I was warned of a betrayal, which was really incredible. I was home sleeping. My husband was supposed to be in the city on a Friday night having some drinks with some of the guys, and they said, sure, no problem. And in the middle of the night, I sat up and I saw him in a bar sitting next to a woman with short, dark hair with red lipstick and in a bar right locally about two and a half miles away. And I said, this can't be. It's just, you know, young, jealous, you know, all that stuff. And I said, you know what? I've got to check this out because if he's not there, I will never, never doubt him again. So I was in my pajamas, put on my running shoes. I was a runner. And I put my coat on and ran the two miles. And I looked into the bar and lo and behold, there he was sitting next to this woman. And she had short uh, dark hair and red lipstick, and they were kind of nuzzled together. And so I went in, I tapped him on the shoulder, punched him square in the face, knocked him off through the stool, and walked out. and the bartender said, that must have been his wife. So anyway, that was the end of that relationship. And um, my uh, intuition was right on when I needed it. So um, I was thankful for that. And then a whole bunch of years went by again. And then a friend of mine said, let's go to a new age weekend. And I was like, what's that? And she, oh, you know, tarot and, you know, crystals, all kinds of stuff like that. And so I said, I'm really not interested. She goes, let's go. Well, I did go. And while I was there, this one woman, Marilyn, who was teaching uh, how to discern energy. And she also took us into meditations and in the meditation, She told us to go, you know, out of wherever. And I went, um, there were ETs in front of me and everybody was saying, oh, yeah, I'm just sitting on top of the roof. I see a white tunnel. And she says to me, Kathy, where are you? And I think she knew. I think she saw what I saw. And I said, "Um, there's beings in front of me. And she said, well, are they on this earth? I said, no. And she said, well, be friendly. And I said, I'm really scared. So she said, put your hand out. So I put my hand out. I reached out to the little one in the front. They were all sizes. And as soon as I touched his little hand, I went up to the galaxy and I saw where they were from. And it was like a kaleidoscope of colors. And it was just, it was beautiful. Um, And I really enjoyed being there. And And then when she told us to come back into our bodies, I didn't want to go back. And, um, but I did. And I was really excited. Uh, It was like, wow, this is incredible. And, and then, you know, there were other things I could, some of the exercise she did, I could feel energy in people's bodies, which totally surprised me. Totally. And then, um, I came home. I was so excited and happy. And, that night, I went in the bathroom, and I lived alone at the time. Um, got closed the door, and I said, why am I closing the door? I felt like somebody was watching me. And then I went to bed, and then I realized I was being watched, and all these beings were over my bed just watching me. And I was quite frightened. This, this whole world, Betty, was totally new to me. And I really didn't know what to do with it. And they stayed with me and watched me all the time, except they didn't go to work with me. So I'm quite thankful for that. They stayed home. But they watched me in the shower, in the bathroom. And after two weeks, I got really, really upset. And I wasn't sleeping well. Um, And finally, I just started screaming and saying, I don't want you here. And I want you to get blankety blank out and you really, I can't sleep at all. And I just went frantically crazy. And then all of a sudden I stopped and said, "Uh uh-oh, what if they get mad at me? And then there was total silence. They left. I didn't realize that you could ask them to leave. So they did. But I did wake up one night to to a ball of white light. And it was right over my bed, and I looked at it, and it just dissipated. And after that, whatever gifts I had, they really grew. Um, I became a healer. Um, I could tell what age people had trauma. And um, I've worked with people. I got all kinds of training, Reiki master, EFT, uh, hypnosis training, um, all kinds of things. And I was just... just Wanted to know more and more, and I just kept, you know, learning and getting trained and all. So, um, the reason why I I went for hypnosis training is I read the book "Many Lives, Many Masters" by Dr. Brian Weiss, and I was so impressed by the fact that he was he was a traditional uh, psychotherapist. And he didn't believe in past lives, but he had a patient by the name of Catherine who had many personalities. And he took her back. He was trying to take her back to her childhood. And instead, she went to the 1400s. And he made notes. And then he was able to go back and prove all the places she talked about. And he's world-renowned now, and he goes all over the world teaching and I read that book because she's cured today. And I I went for training right after that in hypnosis. Um, I was so impressed. And I and I have taken people back. And it's in my book. Uh, this one gentleman was uh, lived in Italy uh, his childhood, and he he came to me for hypnosis. And he was under. And he was a rabbi. And he spoke Hebrew. I had it translated because. I really think he was just talking gibberish, but he was talking Hebrew. I had it translated by two different linguists. So it's just been an exciting journey. And um, I've done some healing at Psychic Fair's. And um, I just feel we're all here to do service to God or the higher spirit, whatever you want to call it. Um, hmm. So I do my own brand of healing and, and um, I started a book and I finished it in 2019. And it was all things that had happened to me regarding spiritual, my spiritual journey. And one thing that I needed after I finished the book is I realized I needed somebody who um, was famous or somewhat famous to, um, put his stamp on the book. And um, so one night we went to a, a book signing by this man called Robert Krepecki. He had three near death experiences. And I said, that sounds interesting. I'd love to hear him talk. So we went and as he's talking, I can see in his energy field that he had an injury somewhere on his clavicle and uh, in, in in his energy field, of course. So when we went to get the book signed, and I said to him, Robert, um, did you have an did you have a you know an injury here? And he was like, Yeah. He said, and he looked at his wife and he goes, That's confirmation. And so we started talking, and I told him that I was a writer and would he read my manuscript? He did, he loved it, and he actually did write a great review of my book. And um, Marilyn, who was my first teacher at that first weekend. um, Also gave me a review and um, a few other people. So it turned out uh, very well. And I was very happy with that.
0: Uh, hmm. Thanks so much, Kathy. Thanks for sharing your experience. A lot of questions came up for me while you were talking. And I'm wondering if maybe you could go into a little bit more detail around uh, where the ETs showed you that they were from when you touched the little one's hand?
1: You know, I don't, I don't know the name of the galaxy. And this was so new to me that I was, I was excited and frightened out of my mind. Um, but um, it was just, is the buildings were up on like pedestals and uh, very much like the Jetsons. And it was very clean air. And we were suspended uh, in the air and and just moving around. And it was almost like we were moving around by thought alone. And we were talking um, telepathically. And um, they showed me plant life. They showed me animals um, and buildings. And the colors were so vivid. Um, It was just you know, I was was looking around like a kid in a candy store and just, you know, like I was just in amazement, you know, it was like, it was great. Um, I don't remember much more, but they showed me these plants and all, but they didn't tell me the names of them. Um, It was more sight.
0: Mm, Okay. Awesome. so, have, do you still have experiences with these particular ETs or has your team transformed into more angelic? Or, yeah, tell me, what, what's your connection like now?
1: Um, I have a guide that helps me. And I really, I don't think I've heard from them <laughs> for quite a while. And I mean, after I kind of told them to leave uh, very adamantly, They obliged me, and um, I feel they're still around, but um, they kind of keep a distance. But I have guides and my grandmother who um, are around me, Um, and it's more a voice in my head. And I do do channel, too. Um, I have a meditation group, and I meditate and channel before the group, and I give them a message or a group lesson for everybody to do for the next time. Um, very, very spiritual work.
0: Beautiful. Definitely needed. And I'm, yeah, I'm grateful to hear that that's your contribution to the collective right now. It's wonderful. So when it comes to your channeling, who do you feel like you are channeling? Um, I'm talking to
1: my guide. I'm talking to God, whoever, whatever that God is, say a little prayer, Um, enclose us in white light, that uh, we should only receive positive energy. And then I just hear the voice and the voice guides me.
0: Wow. That's so beautiful. And I mean, obviously you were able to begin to trust your intuition early because you had that confirmation with what had happened with your ex-husband. So what was the rest of the process like coming to really trust your intuition? I feel like a lot of people have a hard time, discerning between the voices and within so yeah if you could share a little bit about what your journey's been like with that well I've I've
1: always believed in the higher good and when I needed it it always showed up and it just is there and I I could name another instance I was I used to live on three I had three a three-floor house and I was on the third floor and I was vacuuming and all of a sudden, I hear in my head, drop the vacuum, run down the stairs. And I'm all alone. And I drop the vacuum. I start running down the stairs. And I'm going, why am I doing this? And I get down to the second floor. And I had left oil in a pan. And it was starting to smoke. So how did I know? I didn't know my higher self was there and it just guided me and just, when I needed it in a pinch, it was right there and told me to run down the stairs. And I just listened. And I, like I said, I didn't know why, but when I got to the second floor,
0: I found that why. That is incredible. I Yeah, I love those tangible moments of evidence that there's something bigger than us going on. Um, so you mentioned your book. I know that you have a little copy of it with you, maybe if you want to throw it up for us so that we could see what it looks like. And there'll be a link down below for uh, anybody who's interested in checking that out. And I think that it's so beautiful that you were able to actually sit down and write about your experience and your gifts. And uh, I'm wondering, what are some of the tools that you know of that people can utilize to really gain access to their own inner wisdom. Like it's not individual to just some people, right? You said in the beginning of our recording that we we all have access to this. And so, yeah, what are some of the tools that you found most useful for people?
1: A Very, very good question.
0: I would say, first of all, the main thing is
1: meditate. I started meditating in my 20s, very long time ago, uh, back in the 70s uh, with the Maharishi Yogi and in New York City, and I got trained, and um, it was the old-fashioned way of meditating where we spent the whole weekend just with a mantra, just being still in a room quietly for two days. And that training, even though it was difficult to be so still, it helps to train the monkey mind. And anyone who meditates is going to calm the mind, And it could be very difficult for type A personalities, um, which I was, and sometimes I still am, but um, it's it's worth the trip. So once you get there in the meditative state and you go beyond yourself, you can go out into the quantum field and anything is possible in the quantum field. And Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about that. And I've done a lot of work um, with Dr. Joe I've gone to two of his workshops and uh, highly recommend it. People have had healings on the spot there. And so meditation to me is the key to the other side. It's one of the keys to the other side. Um, And then learning any modalities, even uh, Reiki, to learn uh, how to discern energy by putting your hands on people or close to people. Um, And then after a while, after years of doing this, I can just feel people's energy without even touching them. Um, And so you start learning about the subtle energies that are not visible to the naked eye. And the more that you practice one or more of these different modalities, the easier it becomes to open up to what's there and find out where your area of expertise could be or where your gifts are.
0: Really well said. I'm wondering if maybe we can get into a conversation about the conceptualization of spontaneous healing. Like you said that you went to these workshops and you saw people spontaneously heal. When I hear that, I think about a person's belief system shifting and that's what enables them to be able to have that healing. What, What are your conceptions around how something like that can happen?
1: It's definitely... Even when I work on people, it's actually the person healing themselves. So the healer is the facilitator. It's making a space. It's holding a sacred space for someone so that they can, um, like a tuning fork, you know, the tuning fork, you hit one tuning fork in a room, the others start going at the same sound. So once you make that sacred space, they have this opportunity. To join in that space and then the vagus nerve, which runs from the brain all the way down, which connects everything in the body. Once you relax that, you can go right out into the quantum field. And so um, it's actually being a tuning fork for other people so that they can uh, do their own healing with you as their guide.
0: Wow. Okay, that makes a lot more sense, right? So like you get in a room with Joe Dispenza and you're like, yeah, I can heal because Joe Dispenza says I can, and then it can happen. Wow, that's amazing. And do you feel like you're in that same frequency that you have the ability to assist people in removing those blocks?
1: I have done it. Um, I have one or two cases in my book. Um it's an EFT is another modality that I use and uh, it's very helpful. Um, one of the things I do, which I developed a few years ago, I had seen Carolyn Mace, and I love Carolyn Mace. Uh, it's M-Y-S-S-S, M-Y-S-S, but it's pronounced Mace. And I watched her in the early years when she used to do healings. And she would just pick on somebody in the audience and say, what happened to you at four years old? And i am saying, well, I think I can do that. And so then now that's one of the things I do. And the other day, I'm, I'm in this uh, this group and we were talking and this one woman was saying that she developed moles since she moved into this house a few years ago. And and then I said, and then four years old was just popping into my head, popping into my head. And I said, would you like me to tell you when I think it started? And I said, uh, four years old, something happened to you at four. She said, yes, my mother went into a deep depression and I felt totally alone and I felt unprotected. And I said, this was a gift you just got for you to work on. This is where the mold didn't start it, this started it. And so it's something for her to work on that that's where her feelings of unsafety and being alone started because her mother was not there for her. She was in her own little shell.
0: Wow, what a beautiful gift to be able to utilize for other people. That's incredible. Another thing that came up for me when you were talking was you were talking about taking people into their past lives. And I'm curious if you've ever had any experience with between lives soul regression.
1: Hmm, I, I can't say that I have. Um, no, I can't say that I have. I'm, I'm not sure I would recognize it if I had so no, I guess not, Um, I mean, no, I've seen, you know, lives flash before me of other people and myself, but I don't think in between lives, I don't, I don't know what that would look like.
0: Just curious, yeah, I'm, I'm really drawn to, well, it's part of my own spiritual experience, that in-between lives space, but I'm always really drawn to, any kind of regression therapy and in between lives regression, definitely. So I was just curious if that was something on your radar too. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about what EFT is in case people don't know what it is, because I also think that that's a really great healing modality.
1: EFT is a emotional freedom technique. And there's actually a free website where you can learn just reading it on the re- website. I did go for training. And what it is, it's tapping on all the meridians and the meridians are attached to the endocrine system. So, for instance, uh, you know, you know, you're you're tapping here, here, here. And these are all electrical charged areas. And so what you're doing is when if you come to a place, if you're talking about something, let's say you're afraid of snakes. So what you do is you think about this and you can't even go near a snake. You can't look at a picture of the snake. So what you do is you start tapping on on, on this. I'm totally and completely love myself even though I'm afraid of snakes. And then you just tap, 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 tap. Uh, you tap, you do all these. And these are all the meridians attached to the endocrine system. These are the same, uh, the tapping areas are the same areas that um, acupuncturists use. And so what you're doing is you're taking the electrical charge out. So when you do that a few times, then you tell the person, OK, let's look at a picture of a snake. And that should be a little easier. And then you tap until they can look at the picture of a snake. And then the next step might be to be in a room with the snake over there uh, enclosed in glass. And you're tapping. The more you tap, the more of the charge gets released. So that you can handle it. Same thing with uh, emotions um, that you're feeling like rage for somebody. And so the thing is you think about it. What you're doing is when you think about it, you're getting the feeling along with the uh, the emotion and the electrical charge and all three and you can release it. And uh, it works very, very well. I've, I've used it um, sometimes, not every case. It's, it's very individual on what I use for people.
0: That's awesome. Are there any other kind of mystical experiences that you think maybe you want some space to share about?
1: Um, I will tell you about um, Antonitis, which is a chapter in my book. Uh, this gentleman, that um, he he was very interested in meditation. He was interested in past lives, and he had never had done any work in this area. So I did uh, hypnotize him. We were friends at the time, um, dating. We wound up dating, and he went back to Roman times, and he was a Roman centurion, Antonitus was his name and he um, we went back and he was telling me about his life and I would record it and it was just so wild it's a whole chapter in the book that I'm working on a short movie short for, for Antonitis uh, with a director and uh, so he went back and it was just incredible you know down to everything he spoke about uh, and then Something wild came out of it and it turned into a thriller, uh, which is and a lot of men who read my book, say they were afraid. He actually talked about in in his present life. That his wife would not let him near their young daughter because the daughter accused him of sexual. Wrongdoing. And I I'm not sure it happened. I you know, there was no proof. But part of him was very angry when he went back as Antonitis, And it really frightened me. And then I thought I had to get away from this man. Now, here I am in a relationship with this man, possible, worse than that, and the way I had to get away from him. And so the whole thing was uh, stressful and um, turned out okay. Uh, but I am working on a a movie short and hoping to get enough financial backing to perhaps make a whole movie out of it. Um, It's a totally different concept uh, of a movie, totally different.
0: Yeah, really cool. I would definitely watch that for sure. That's incredible. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe you want to chat a little bit about loved ones that have crossed over and like a connection to them or yeah, and anything, anything like that. I could tell you that
1: my mother and I were not terribly close. She was uh, one of 11 children. Life was really hard for her. And it was hard to show her love. And she was, it was definitely hard for her to show love. And I tried, especially when she became homebound the last few years of her life. She lived in 93. And a few years after she passed, she came to me and she apologized and realized what she had done and she was crying and she was very sorry. Uh, And I felt a bit of relief and uh, forgiveness for whatever. And I'm sure most of us, you know, can have issues with both or either parent. I don't think it's anything new. Um, Nobody's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. Um, And my grandmother came to me too. So family members have come to me uh, either just directly or in dreams. And my grandmother, her mother was a healer in the 1800s, actually. So it ran in the family. My mother had it, but was not interested in it. Um, She was very good when it came to discerning characters of people, but never liked anybody I dated. No one. (laughs) My grandmother came to me and she told me about this medallion that should have been my mother's that was hers. And so I asked my mother, I said, did grandma leave you a medallion? And she said, I said, was there a medallion she goes, yes. I said did she leave it to you? And she said, no, Uncle Joe got it. Well, I said, she wants you to have it. And she said, that may be, but it's you know, I, you have to choose your your battles and but so my grandmother was upset that she didn't get, this medallion that she wanted her to have.
0: That's, a. I mean, that's fa- a fascinating account. And I think that, you know, probably the way that I'm, I'm perceiving it anyway, is that you had this kind of opening of your consciousness and it just kind of allowed all of this other stuff to come in. And I think that, Over the span of your life, having access to all of that information has probably been so incredible. I'm wondering, what's your journey been like with standing in your truth, being courageous enough to share about these experiences? Because now we have access to the internet and we hear lots of people share about their spiritual experiences, but for a long time, there was no access to that. And I think a lot of people kind of stayed inside of this quote unquote spiritual closet Uh, for fear of being institutionalized or judged or being labeled crazy. So what has your process been like kind of coming out, stepping out and being in your truth? That
1: is very true. And that's why years ago I did not, even though I kept a journal many years ago, when this first started, I did not feel comfortable telling people because you're absolutely right. They would think that you're crazy, that you're delusional. And so it was something you did keep to yourself. In fact, when I moved where I am now um, in a 55 and over active community, uh, when I first moved in eight years ago, um, I told a few people some of my gifts and they they shunned. They they weren't happy with it. They, they thought it was a little odd, <laughs> let's say. But uh, since then, I've done a book reading here and was, was well received in the last few years. So uh, that's OK. And people have come around that there is is definitely more than what the eye sees. And in fact, what we see is the tip of the iceberg. But what's underneath is many times bigger. Many times.
0: Absolutely. It's so vast. It's so, it's impossible to even conceptualize how big it is. You know? What is your relationship like with your partner now? Is, is your partner spiritually inclined in this way too? Yes, uh, actually, I would not have it any other way.
1: Um, we met 20 years ago and he had quit his job. He he was in a very fast paced job in the city, New York City, uh, doing computer consulting, working 12 hours a day. And the year before I met him, he quit his job and had a, a house right on the Delaware River. And he just he went for Pupalo yoga training for a year. And got very involved in yoga and meditation, and so when we met, um, he was very into that kind of thing. Although he didn't understand everything that I did, uh, he he did. He opened it. He was he welcomed it with open arms. So uh, yeah, we meditate together. Um, so he'll when I do my book readings or go to a conference, he'll come. And that's really, really nice uh, to have that because I know a lot of people, not spiritual leaders, teachers, and they um, they can't go with their partner anywhere to these things. They have to go alone. So I I feel very grateful um, that I have that in my life. That is so (laughs) many years in the making, though, Betty.
0: (laughs) many years. I'm way up there, you know, (laughs) I love that, though. That's so cool. You know, that conscious sort of couple, I think, is is such a big part of the collective. And I think that it's something that people really strive for. So you're just you're giving proof that it exists and that could be really hopeful to a lot of people. Uh, I really want to thank you for your time, coming out, getting super vulnerable, sharing a piece of yourself with our audience here at IAMS. And I want to see if there's anything else that you'd like to share to feel more complete about our time together.
1: Well, I I want to add that uh, there is there's no greater service than to help people heal in this world because as we heal other people, we heal ourselves because we're all one. Um, we're all contributed. Contributing to the collective consciousness in one way or another, whether it's positive or negative. And there's so much going on in this world today that's negative. And we really need to get together and overcome that negative, negative energy in the air. It's just we really have to come together in that um, and to help people. I, I One at a time, I want to help people to realize their spiritual gifts and help them you know contribute more to the world
0: that sounds like an awesome mission and i thank you for your service to the collective and thank you for your service to our community and i will see you next time thank you